0: Hola, hola! Welcome back to the Culture Clarity Podcast, where we talk about and confront stigmas and assumptions about Mexican culture. I am your host, Daniela Guerrero Garcia, and today we will be talking about Family Peluche, but not Full House. For those of you tuning in who have listened to my first episode, Tacos, but not Taco Bell, thank you so much for listening to the second episode. I'm very excited. I finally got the hang of things and how to work the studio and how to edit. I just wanted to tell you guys a quick story before we get started. When I was editing the first podcast, I was right about to be done, and since like I was editing on my Chromebook, I really wasn't watching like to see the battery and how much I had left so literally as soon as I was almost done like about to like download it, my Chromebook turned off like it died once I finally ran to go get the charger and so I can like plug it in and log in and all that stuff like everything that I edited on the last podcast was gone, so I had to edit that podcast twice technically, so hopefully it was the best version that you guys can get. But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to that last podcast. I'm very excited to talk about family dynamics today. I know this can be a touchy subject, so I made sure to research my topic and make sure that these perspectives are not only mine, but the perspectives of many. So the title of my podcast, Familia Peluche, Not Full House, are both shows. For those of you who don't know what Familia Peluche is, it's a Mexican sitcom, and I actually grew up watching this show. Like, I remember I would come home from school, and like, I'd finish eating dinner with my parents, my siblings, and then we would all sit on the couch and watch this show. So, a little bit about the characters. So we have the mom, her name is Federica, She's like this promiscuous, yeah, aggressive, stuck to her roots, Latina woman. And all these characters are dressed in plush clothing. So it's all like a very fuzzy world. Like everything is fuzzy in this world. So her color is pink. Then we have the dad. His name is Ludovico. You know, I don't know how to describe him. But some words that did come to my mind was lazy. He likes doing nothing. And he's portrayed as this like dumb, inintelligent person. And his color is blue. And the son, Junior, so funny story, this guy is not a boy. He's, like, a full, like, grown man. But Federica, in one of the previous episodes, like, ran him over. So when they took him to the hospital and, like, was was under all this anesthesia, he, like, forgot everything. Oop, I just bumped into the microphone. He forgot everything. And so they just, like, gaslighted him and told him that that he was their son and that he needs to come home and they, they miss him. So, yeah, he's not actually his son, but... They consider him sums to keep Federica out of jail. And then his color is orange slash yellow. And then we have the daughter Bebe. She is like, honestly, like the good girl. Like, she has good grades, very friendly, like, good at all these things. But they call her La Rara, which is like the weird one. And they all bully her and they say, Por que no puede ser normal? Which in English means, Why can't you be normal? When in reality, she's probably no. Let me, I'll take that back. She is the most normal one out of the entire family, which is kind of funny in my opinion. Then we have the son Maradonio. He's the youngest and he's pretty smart and like he was also a mistake. <laughs> um, so like I said before, since the mom is a very promiscuous woman, um, she accidentally impregnated herself with Ludovico's sample during Bibi's first period party. See, like that entire story is just like crazy. Like think if you really think about it, like, wow, <laughs> like why would they even throw Bibi a first period party? But it just really highly reflects on how crazy and funny and good this show is. Then we also have Lulibiquito. He is like very smart, but he's also in his preteen era. So, you know, like prepubescent boys are very annoying sometimes. So he takes his intelligence to another level sometimes. And his color is green. And then lastly, we have Excelsia, and she's the maid of the family. But trust me when I tell you that she does nothing. Like she's very lazy all the time. And then like um, anytime they ask her to do anything or like say anything, she's like, "Porque solo soy la sirvienta," which means only because I'm the servant, huh? But like she is the servant. Like that is her job. And something that really like I like about that character is that she has long black hair. Like it's so beautiful. Like I love her hair. And her color is turquoise, and, like, um, her clothes is, like, a plushy made outfit. So, like, it's just so funny. Like, I love this show. So, yeah, um, Familia Peluche went on from 2002, 2012, and it was a really good show. It's very funny, you know, like, the family dynamic. Like, all these people are coming from very different parts of life. So, you just imagine, like, the scenes that they shoot. Like, it's so funny. I, I love this show. Another reason why this is part of the title of my podcast is because... This could be a stereotypical Mexican family. Like, they tie a whole lot of different aspects of, like, Mexican culture. And they kind of, like, flipped it. Because, like, the mom, Federica, she's, like, the aggressive one. She's, like, all this, all that. Which is what, in a typical Mexican family, is what the man is. But Ludovico is, like, the dumb one, the lazy one, the the one that tends to the house. Which is obviously not a good stereotype for women, but unfortunately, that's what it is. And then the last thing I want to add on this show, Ludovico, is played by Eugenio Derbez. And if you guys don't know him just by name, I'm sure you've seen the movie or heard of the movie Instructions Not Included. I know this is going off topic, but like I cried so much when I watched the movie for the first time. Like definitely one of the best movies I've ever seen. But yeah, I just wanted to shout him out because he's a very good actor, very important in um, Mexican culture. So just wanted to say that. The other show in my podcast title is called Fuller House so i never really grew up watching american tv shows like obviously i watched like cartoons like spongebob and like little things like that but i never watched like real american tv shows like full house so i just wanted to say that because i'm going to be reading from imb.com in their description of the show because i've never watched the show so here it goes this is a story about a sportscaster turned morning talk show host danny tanner and his daughters dj stephanie and michelle Before the show begins, his wife Pam is killed by a drunk driver, so he needs help raising his daughters. He asked his rock musician brother-in-law, Jesse, and his comedian best friend Joey to move in with him for that reason. As the show goes on, Jesse marries Danny's talk show co-host, Rebecca, and they have two twin sons named Nikki and Alex. So that's a little bit about that show. What I know about this show, to be honest, I've seen like little shorts on TikTok, and I know it's a very... American thing to know and watch Full House. And when I told my teacher that I didn't know, that I didn't watch it and if it was okay, like, to be honest, he gave me that look of, wow, you've never seen Full House. But no, I have not. But maybe I will, maybe I will someday. I chose these two shows to be the title of my podcast because they're both similar in the way that they're both supporting each other and have good family dynamics. But there's also parts in the shows where you you think about it and they're not being good family members and they're not having good family dynamics. So in my head, it made sense if I had a very classic, common Mexican show and a very classic and common American show and have it be Familia Peluche, but not Full House. Let's dive into our podcast now. I broke it up into two sections, physical aspects and emotional aspects, and I created some questions to help guide my discussion and for me to be able to recite the research that I looked up. So I broke this down into two sections. We have the physical aspects and the emotional aspects. And to help me talk about what I want to talk about, I created some questions. So the first question that I wrote, what inspired me to talk about different family dynamics? The thing that inspired me to do this is because not everyone's family looks the same. And also, not all Mexicans are poor and dumb. Okay, so the next question that I have, how do I define what a physical dynamic is in a family context? So physical dynamics doesn't only have to mean hugs and little kisses and like actual physical things but it can also mean like body language the number of people in your family like the way you articulate your words facial expressions that is all in the family dynamics section how do physical interactions contribute within a family so like i said before Body language, you know, let's say you tell your aunt that you just won the Nobel Peace Prize and they make a little mad face like, you're not going to want to share more of your experience with them because they made you a bad face. And, you know, obviously, like if you have a really surprised and very happy face, like you're going to want to share more and tell them more. The next question would be is if there are cultural norms and how families engage. So in many Asian and African and even Latin countries, eye contact can be like disrespectful and like they're also very conscious of a hierarchy within the family, you know, like the elders in the way that the younger people like address and talk to the elders. And if you really think about it, it makes sense. It makes sense. And then does physical distance affect st- how strong a family bond is? In my opinion, I would say no. I have relatives who still live in Mexico and we try to talk every day. And obviously, like, even though we might not see each other every day, we know that bond and the love is still there. Now, I want to address some more stereotypes Mexican families do speak English. Aside from the fact that most people think that we just never learn Spanish and can only say one word and speak broken English, that is not the case for most people. People learn for necessity. If you're put into a country where you obviously don't understand anything that they're saying and you need to get a job, which means you need to know the language, you need to learn, like I said, for necessity. Another one would be that Mexican families do care about education. A common health stereotype is that we don't care or like value education. And in a recent study on the Council of Contemporary Families dot com, they found that about ninety five percent of not in families believe it is important for their children to attend college. And in my case, my family believes that it's very important for me to attend college. And just to share with you guys what my plans are after high school, uh, I would like to go to the University of Minnesota Duluth campus to earn a bachelor's degree in integrated elementary education and a Spanish minor so that one day I can become a bilingual elementary teacher here in Jordan. So like I said, it's very important for my family. And like the study said, it is important for 95 percent of Mexican families. So, yeah. Moving on to the next section, and like I said, I formulated some questions. So my first question for this section, why is the emotional part of a family so important? So the biggest thing that came to my mind when I wrote this question is family is always there to motivate you through hardships. And not even just hardships like or battles that you think you're not able to win or things that you don't think you'll be able to accomplish. And the biggest thing that came to my mind is me running for the Miss Jordan ambassador program. I wasn't I didn't think I was able to even earn a title like I was so scared. And if it wasn't for the support and motivation of my family, like I honestly wouldn't even have run. And my coronation was on September 9th, and I ended up being Miss Jordan, Miss Congeniality. So, like I said, it, it was obviously such a great win for me and my family to know that their hard work and everything that they invested in me, like, since I was small, like, you know, teaching me, like, respect and values paid off in the end is is very good. And now that I'm Miss Jordan, like, they're all obviously helping me juggle life as Miss Jordan and all the activities that we do as part of the ambassador program, school, homework, clubs, activities, hanging out with friends. They obviously still help me and motivate me to want to achieve more things and want to do better, which is why the emotional part of a family is so important. The next question is what inspired me to talk about this? Not everyone has an ideal family situation like it's 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 a very real thing and we have to address it Not everyone has someone or a family member that they could talk to and tell them these things But it is it is very important to know that blood does not mean family If you have a friend that obviously like you can tell them everything you could you feel comfortable in their presence You can consider that family in my opinion And then another question that I had does emotional intelligence vary among family members? I think it does. The following question to that is, does it influence family dynamic? So in my opinion, I think yes, because obviously your parents have lived more and they are more knowledgeable on like every aspect of life, whether that be emotional, academic, like physically, like they know more than you. So you're obviously not going to compare the emotional intelligence to a five-year-old who is crying over like cookies to like a parent who can cry over like literally anything, you know? And then another thing that I had written down is Vulnerability. So I think the word in itself is very important to address when you're trying to work out family dynamics because it is okay to be vulnerable sometimes. Obviously, you know you need to know who to be vulnerable around, but when you finally feel vulnerable around a, a person you consider your family, like it's such a great feeling, which in the end can obviously lead to better things. The next question I had, how does race come into play with the emotional well-being of a family? So as a Hispanic American woman, I, there's been times in my life where I've, really struggled with like my identity and who I wanted to become or who I wanted to be because of the amount of bullying I got for something I couldn't choose. Like I didn't choose to be more Mexican. And obviously now that I'm older and I'm getting more informed on things and I'm starting to finally be part of my heritage. It's such a beautiful thing. But like I said, when I was younger, like it had such an emotional toll in my family because my parents just, couldn't understand what i was going through because obviously like they went through their hardships but it's not the same as my hardships so it obviously created a level of, of discomfort because it's, it's such a new thing and it's something that shouldn't be happening so it it, it was it was just a bad situation in general and then lastly the, does that idea of masculinity and femininity affect like the family dynamic I think yes. You know, I think back then you we were always stuck in the idea that the man should get the money and the man should work and that the woman should stay home and cook and clean and raise the children. And now that we're in the 21st century, like, I feel like it's, it's been changing. You know, they can both raise the children. They can both cook and clean. And they could also both make money and both be educated, which is something that I really like, which obviously affects the emotional aspects of a family. Let's address the emotional stereotypes. So Mexican masculinity doesn't always mean dominance and violence. It's rooted in the word machismo, and it's like the cultural belief of like manhood. And then it can be associated with like sexist ideologies and like tossed around in like conversations like that. However, many men are trying to move away from this like harmful like values and, you know, obviously trying to direct themselves and grow up in a way that is not harmful to themselves and to the people they surround themselves with. And obviously, like, there's nothing wrong with being masculine as a man or being feminine as a man. But obviously, like, using machismo and having it be a bad thing is obviously not the way to go. And then for the second one, I have not all Mexicans are happy in the time. I wanted to touch on this one because I know the media portrays Mexicans as happy all the time and grateful we have somewhere to live. And always, like, with the family and partying and drinking and being, like, that the happy side character. When in reality, it can be the truth sometimes, we also struggle to. You know, I sometimes just don't understand why the media picks and chooses what to show on Mexican culture on on TV. So it's really mind-boggling when people, like, don't understand that sometimes we aren't happy all the time and sometimes we don't party all the time and, and little things like that that just don't make sense sometimes. My closing thoughts on this entire podcast, you know, I wanted to make sure that I I didn't really speak on anything too controversial, but yet said things that I wanted to say. In the end, I'm very grateful for my own family, not just for supporting me in the Miss Jordan Ambassador Program direction, but in in all aspects of my life, you know, raising me and my sisters to become respectful young women and to truly know the value of hard work and determination. So it's something that I'm very grateful for. But I also know that not everyone has it. But in the end of the day, it's very important for you to know that you are loved and that you are cared for. In this episode of Culture Clarity, we talked about the physical aspects and the emotional aspects of family dynamics.